Welcome to the CBD Ed Show with Edward Cheney, the founder and CEO of Canafil, a manufacturer of CBD-infused products for human and pet consumption. In this program, we will discuss the uses of CBD and other methods for alternatives and complements to conventional medical treatment. Now, here is your host, Ed Cheney. Welcome, listeners, to the CBD Ed Show. I'm your host, Ed Cheney. Also, the CEO of Canafil, who brings clinical level CBD to the retail market and proud to do it. Uh, let's start with some introductions. First, Kim Skin, she took a break. She took a break to take care of some other professional requirements she had. Uh, she had been uh, absent for the last four. Uh, and I would just like to say, welcome back, Kimberly. You were missed. Thank you, Ed. Thank yes. you. Hello, everyone. Yes. I, I, I did miss being on the show. I did. And then we have Ryan Treasure. All right. I know Ryan Treasure to be absolutely the best professional in the radio industry that I've ever met. Um, he, has, uh, he is a VP here at both Voice America and Talk Radio. He has been in the industry for over 22 years now. Uh, and he has been with Voice America and Talk Radio for 16. Welcome to the show, Ryan. Thanks, Ed. I'm happy to be here, man. It's uh you know, interesting times that we're living in and, you know, I think a good time to have some discussions around some uh, things that are happening in the industry for CBD and, you know, also the uh, uh, medical marijuana and, and recreational marijuana fields uh, that, you know, continue changing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, Ryan, I've always appreciated your perspective on things. And I also think that you and I do a really good job of dialoguing. You know, we'll volley the topic back and forth. I think uh, the audience will find this very uh, entertaining and informative today. And today's topic really is, it's, it's really about where Big Pharma is in the cannabis rush. Uh, they call that the green rush, <laughs> obviously. It, uh, it's not, not really uh, about the color of the leaves. The, the premise of this show was uh, we wanted to like kind of pull the curtain back. There's both great things that are happening because Big Pharma is stepping into this space and there's also some trouble on the horizon uh, from them jumping into this space. And we'd just like to be able to share that with you. Uh, we're also going to discuss a little bit about the, uh, the local uh, recreational use of cannabis uh, on the 2020 ballot here in Arizona. Uh, it's a great topic. If we have any Arizona listeners, I think you'll appreciate that. You know, the, 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 to start this thing out, Big Pharma has no choice. They have to jump in the cannabis space. What was discovered is because of the effectiveness of medical marijuana treating a lot of conditions that are commonly treated with Big Pharma, with prescription drugs, they stand to lose billions annually. If recreation goes across the entire United States, yeah, they have no choice but to jump into this space. It's not, it's not just because they want to make more money. I think they stand <laughs> to lose a ton and they need to get some of that back. You know, the market cap on big pharma currently is $1.2 trillion. I mean, 1.2 trillion. <laughs> yeah. I don't even, I don't even know that, how many. Countries that's a lot have of pills. That. That's a lot of pills. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I'm sorry, but come on. I think because cannabis is growing so much that they have to pay attention. They're the, they've been the big guy on the block the whole time. Yeah, yeah. That's 
Come on, play play fair. <laughs> and 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 right and that's a fair that's a fair way to look at this. I want to share I want to share a quote to start this conversation off as well. And that quote is uh, let, me, let me dig it up real quick. That quote is Americans are spending millions on CBD gummies, tincture, tinctures, and lotions, but that's chump change. Mm-hmm. States of pharmaceutical <laughs> um, uh, C suite individual. So there you go. So so they have to jump into the space, but don't mistake in that there is a, a lot to be had by jumping into this space. Yeah, and I also think some of the big pharma folks um, have been also a little hesitant in some areas to jump into the space because also, um, you know, marijuana is still a class one, you know, drug at the United States level. And for, you know, uh, scientific research purposes and things like that, there's still only the University of Mississippi that's allowed to like grow weed to test. (laughs) And so um, I think big pharma is going to have a struggle there too, because um, in order for them to, you know, further refine, you know, the elements of CBD and THC and delivery mechanisms and all of that, uh, some of those things are going to have to change at a federal level for them to even play. So yep. um, I think that that's probably why they're uh, under the covers kind of gobbling up some patents here and there on certain things, which yeah. is that's that's the disturbing part. It's like they've started playing chess. Yeah. With with what's important to us, yeah, our health is what's on that chessboard. I don't really appreciate that. Yes, there is a minefield of problems. Everything the government regulates, they screw up. <laughs> right? There, there is a fairly decent track record. I think if FDA and DEA can just come in and say, hey, yeah. we, you know what? We're losing this fight, guys. We're losing this fight. It's no longer... It's no longer a drug considered under that Substance Act. Let's just give it to the people and let them, you know, agreed. Use it. There, <laughs> I just, I just think it's comical, even from you know, whenever that particular law was enacted, that somebody logically sat down and said, you know what, marijuana is just as bad as cocaine. Yeah. Like, are yeah. you kidding me? Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I. I I heard some arguments this morning. It's just like no. the reefer madness was real back then. Like, you know, oh, you're going to smoke a joint and you're going to go crazy. I remember yeah. looking at some of those, uh, you know, photos for reefer madness back in like the 50s. And I'm just like, oh, my goodness. That would have been so nice to share today. I know. Here we, what are we, uh, 70 years yeah. later, yes. right? People are finally, and, and society starting to become more acceptive of, uh, you know, the use of, it's a plant. I mean, people have been using plants uh, since the beginning of humans right. to treat things. So why not this one? They found this thing 5,000 years ago <laughs> in written text yeah. uh, as being used. Let's, let's start since that, that, was a, that was a great way to segue into this. What is the difference? What is the difference between Big Pharma and over-the-counter? It's this. Big Pharma knows how all they do is single molecules and then synthetic compounds. That's their business. And by the way, FDA knows what to do with that because that's mm-hmm. their business. But that's not the over-the-counter. The over-counter is a whole plant yeah. technology. And there you go. There are the two battlegrounds, single molecule for, for a single solution or whole plant for balanced 
Well, and and the no. and the single molecule with the compound like you get in you know a pill from Big Pharma, um, the majority of those that are created to treat ailments are uh, you were required to get a prescription to get those. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If Big Pharma gets their hands in you know, the medical marijuana industry and starts, uh, you know, compounding certain elements of that, yep. that's going to cause us to now have to have a prescription to get a dang plant. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of where we are right, right. now, yeah. right? right? I mean, it's, you have to have your medical card because they want their piece of the pie. It's not really that you're using the marijuana. It's just that they want to make sure that they get their piece of the pie and they know who's using it. Yeah, all about the all about the money. Now 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 would it be fair to say that Big Pharma also potentially could take that compound add it to other compounds and literally could have an impact on things like you know all the different diseases mm-hmm. that sure. they have as a potential result of getting into this space. Now there might be some favorable outcomes here. Yeah. I'm not to say that it's not motivated by by financial gain. But there could be. Yeah. And I think just part of the problem is, and, you know, this is just also, I guess, a a byproduct of capitalism in the first yeah. place, too, yeah. right? As you have, um, you know, like your company, right? You, you've put in the legwork, the research, the testing on your product to make sure that it's um, of high quality. You figured out um, a way to manufacture it and get it into a supply lines and, and, and keep it available and all of those things. And, like, I just feel like when Big Pharma starts throwing their money around, they're just going to take advantage of all the other people who have put laid the groundwork. That's common. You know, and then they just yeah. come in and go, oh, hey, here, I just have a bunch of money. And, you know, it's like, you know, if you ever watch Star Wars, right, and they're all running around with their little laser guns. And then all <laughs> of a sudden the, you know, uh, the 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 Empire sends the AT walker over there that's like five, you know, 50 feet tall. And, yeah. you know, yeah. that's like, you know, Big Pharma versus the current uh, the current industry of CBD and cannabis. Right. Yeah. We are fighting Mike Tyson right now. <laughs> yeah. Now, <laughs> there, there is a new state of consensus on this now, though. And Big Pharma has lost a considerable edge on consumer confidence. Uh, I think I saw the last number just in the last 12 months. It dropped 11%. Well, and I think I know why. <laughs> yeah, go for it. Opiates. Yeah. yeah. I mean. Huge. When, when, when you have companies that are, you know, basically, I, I, it's almost like the fentanyl thing with the illegal drugs, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They just flood the market and you get, uh, you get doctors who are like not really trying to provide help. They're just giving you a band aid and, you know, oh, here, here's some Vicodin, here's some Percocets, here's, you know, all of these different things that are, are habit forming, number one. Right. Um, I've never met anybody who had a habitual marijuana habit, like something that you can, you know, do today, not today, do tomorrow, you know, those types of things. Whereas if you uh, consistently take those opiates, you're you're, you get hooked on those things. And, you you know, some teenagers and kids end up with heroin addictions that way. And it's just, you know, that's the part where I think that they've lost um, consumer confidence because they've created a problem. And um, I don't remember what guy it was or my source. Um, I am a 
at night, like a lot of people, I just read stuff and go down the rabbit hole. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I, yeah, there, there was a CEO of Big Pharma that actually get, is getting prosecuted because of the opioid stuff that's going on. And if he if he gets prosecuted, it will set a precedent, um, and maybe some change will start to come out of that. That'd be nice. That'd be nice. Yeah. Well, uh, I now think, my thought is, they, I think they some of the change is starting to happen. But that's yeah. this is what they've done. Oh no. Wow. Um, okay, so now we can't prescribe that. Now we have to, you know, we have to prescribe it. I have a customer that came in. He's a vet, and mm -hmm. he said, I didn't even have to go see a doctor. They just sent it to me every month. I didn't even, I was on automatic. Wow. And I never even, I mean, initially I saw a doctor, and then maybe once every year or two, but that was it. And now he said, they no, they just cut, you just cut you off cold turkey and have to you have to deal with this huge withdrawal oh it's bad that too. you're going through yeah. so that's how they're dealing with it they're just going to take it away from everybody yeah, very mean, quietly it, it's no different than somebody who has a heroin addiction that lives on the streets and then deciding hey i'm going to go clean up my act and go you know to a rehabilitation facility the same you know uh, withdrawals that that heroin addict has when they're trying to you know get sober are the same ones that the the, the pills cause as well oh yeah i mean they're they're terrible side effects yes Yes, yeah. we've talked about addiction a lot on this show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we sure have. We sure have. Uh, let's uh, let's keep this ball rolling. Let's talk about some of the players. Uh, the players are the ones you you actually would yeah. recognize: Pfeiffer and Merck, Johnson and Johnson. These are the guys moving the chess pieces. Yeah, they, <laughs> and and you know what? And they are well equipped to do it. They what? have lots of experience here, and they have lobbyists. They have. Lots of boatload of cash. That's that's the that's the thing. The money, man. They just throw it around like Mike Tyson throws right. uppercuts. <laughs> yeah. I mean. Well, and, and but let's so so the good and the bad. So here here's the good thing. They have let's say almost a hundred and fifty documented registered trials in place as of today. That's good. Now it stinks on the on one side, but on on this side it's good. And why do these these 12 to 15 pharmaceutical companies have that many trials already scheduled and registered. It's because they're also the ones that put all the patents in place to prevent others from doing it. Today's count, right around 300 so patents. Here's my source on this one. This is uh, CannabisScienceTech.com. Yeah. Right. And uh, this was uh, last year. Big Pharma Watching, waiting, and building cannabis patent portfolio. Yeah. And, yeah. Now, and let's talk about the consequences of that. And they knew this already. That was a great chess move. They put a patent in there. A research facility or college that wants to do research goes in and tries to research and finds out that the area they want to research is protected under this patent. They have to withdraw and go study a, a, a something else. On a, right. Well, it's, and and not just big pharma too. You have uh, governmental agencies, health agencies that are ran by our tax dollars yeah. doing the same thing. You are correct. Right. Yeah. Uh, so once that gets descheduled, that opens up full control over over a plant over a plant yeah a plant that i can i can grow i can grow that in my backyard not right now it's really hot yeah. in phoenix but <laughs> but um you know anybody who who can grow tomatoes right can yeah. grow cannabis yeah 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 you want to find out who's doing really well really well talk a uh, big pharmacy company lily 
Uh, they're one of two <laughs> that have grower licenses, actually. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, okay, let's uh, let's keep playing around here. I think uh, that's the same thing in Canada too. That the they're, they're it's not just the U.S. You know, right. the, their, their, their reach is global, yeah. right? So yeah. you have, um, you know, some places like in Switzerland and stuff like that, that um, like uh, in Amsterdam, um, that these companies that are U.S. based hold patents in those places as well. Well, they usually launch their product over there first, too. Yeah. Uh, because they can get it and then they can demonstrate and FDA has a quicker path for them once they come over here. Uh, some of the products that are hitting the street, uh, one that already has hit the street, Epidiolex, uh, that was put out by GW Farmies for seizure and epilepsy. And the interesting thing about this one, and I know I'm being a little conspiracist right now, <laughs> but this was also a great chess move. Here's what happens when Epidiolex was approved by FDA. It set the precedence. That molecule, CBD, is now considered a controlled component in any over-the-counter or prescription medication, which is why FDA can no longer say that CBD over-the-counter is just under the supplement yep. category is because Epidiolex, when they were approved, is now a compound in a potential medical. And there's CBD in Epidiolex? Yes. The main component in there is CBD. So to be honest with you, uh, the, the girl... This, the, the, she could have been treated with just the whole plant. Yeah. That Epidiolex was maybe more of a chess move, a game play, set a position in the sand so that nobody could cross it. And yeah, it has called, done an extremely good job of that. It's called because, pickpocketing. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing, All right. It's so I, odd, though, that because Charlotte's Web is a full spectrum. It's a whole plant oil. It's yeah. that's where how it started. That's yeah. how they first introduced it to Charlotte. No, they had great intentions. They really did have great intentions, but then they were bought up by a big pharmacy. Yeah. yeah. And now a big pharmaceutical good luck company. finding Charlotte's Web. Yeah. I have many customers that come in and go, I don't know, I, I my vet used to give it to me and now they don't have it anymore and it's not they, here they anymore. A bigger fish. Yeah. Well, let me give you some more specs about this. Epidiolex, uh, used to treat seizures and epilepsy, has a cost of about $32,500 annually. I want to share these numbers oh, as I go through. So if you're if you're a patient and you are on Epidiolex, it's going to cost you $30,000 a year? A year. A year. How is that even feasible? All right. Oh, well, you haven't heard the other numbers yet. Oh, my God. So Lord. let's go for uh, – uh, so the pharmaceutical company AbbVie uh, produced uh, and got FDA approved uh, Rinvoq, uh, which is for rheumatoid arthritis, $59,000 a year. But now, can this fall under your prescription, that, your med? Likely, but I'm sorry, who's paying for that? Right. The insurance yeah. company didn't pay for that. They moved the money over there that we gave them. Yeah. Okay, fair. So, really, we're well, kind of taking and, that. And then, so. again, it goes back to the same thing. Like, all of these could be treated with the whole plant. They could be, yes. Right? Very, very easily for way less than $59,000. Well, here's what $59,000. That, it's like that's the reason, that's half the reason what's wrong with like our healthcare system. Yes, yes. Stuff is so overinflated. Like when my kid was born, right? I, I literally told them I wanted a uh, a line itemed itemized. bill, itemized. Yeah. yeah. Right. And I got it. It was, you know, 20 pages thick. Oh I'm God. going through there. And I remember my, my wife had to get a, um, a, like some saline for hydration, like so a saline IV saline water yeah mm -hmm. 
um, seven hundred and forty nine dollars and twenty three cents for a bag of salt water. Well, I know. <laughs> it's, it is, was that it just is. for the bag or for the guy that was giving it? Oh to no, her? there was a, there was a, there was another charge for for, for the the orderly <laughs> or whoever came in, the assistant yeah. to uh, hang the bag and do that as well. Well, let's be fair. <laughs> let's be fair. There's benefits. There are benefits here. So let's take uh, Renvoke for fifty nine thousand dollars a year. You see if this has value. You know because it has value. Let's just see if it's enough. So the value of the pharmaceutical is they take the single molecule out there. And they are then capable of producing a product that is exactly what it says it's going to do each and every time with no variations at all. That Can't do that in the whole plant. Is that worth $59,000? No. That's the decision, right? So, so far, they know. And how, how, much, is, how much is a bottle of, um, you know, 3,000 milligram CBD full spectrum. Right. How much is that bottle? Right. Like so, so $75? No. Yeah, right now, a full spectrum, probably a 2,000 milligram is going to be right around 150 to 200. Yeah, but you you only need one or two bottles a month. Right. Well, you know? the, yeah, the math is, this is the math. The math is $700. Uh, this is an annual cost for somebody who wants to use the whole plant to treat a myriad of issues. The, the cost is between seven hundred and three thousand dollars a year mm. to treat it with the whole plant uh, over-the-counter solution of CBD. Uh, so again, I'll say that seven hundred to three thousand dollars a year is is the range. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, so that difference between that and fifty-nine thousand, you just gotta go. Hey, well, do I like that? You know, I'm giving my twelve-year-old daughter something that is always going to be the same every time, and a doctor's behind it. Which, by the way, does not have any, does not carry any weight for me. Doctors are sometimes fed information that <laughs> lobbyists have dug up that were designed to make things look so, a particular way. <laughs> if medicine was logical and proper the way that it should be, it wouldn't be called the practice of medicine, yeah. right? It would be the fact of medicine, <laughs> right? So every doctor is always, yes, yes. you know, like they, they come up with a solution or a treatment plan. They don't necessarily know that that works for me. They might know that it worked for a couple of other people, but everybody's different. And so that's why they call it the practice of medicine and not the fact of medicine. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, let's let's keep going because, and again, I haven't seen are the anything. Doc- are the doctors just like drug dealers, just peddlers? Well, <laughs> they, they, might, they might take that position of, you know what, I'm getting hit so hard by pharma. All I can do is just sit back and play, play the game that they're asking me to play. That might be... The outcome, but we hey we got more fun stuff. Let's let's throw <laughs> FDA in the fire real quick. Oh yeah, those guys they're 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 pretty smart too. And by the way, I've looked at all the <laughs> drugs that are currently FDA approved that are on the street either uh, globally, and I've not seen anything yet that the whole plant has not had a significant impact on. So really, the range is just about big pharma as opposed to the whole plant. Now let's go to FDA. Now FDA has a skill in dealing with single molecule or synthetic compounds, they really have a very good model for that. When it comes to a a natural whole plant, it's a little loose for them. Um, So let's let's talk about, so the good thing is, is they're supposed to protect us from business coming in and throwing something and it's not been validated and 
So they need to be able to, uh, to manage that risk for us. But well, and, that, and, is, and that's the reason why CBD is currently like, you know, like your product is listed as a, 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 a health supplement. Yeah. Right. Right. Because it's not been ran through the FDA. Correct. Or, that is or, correct. Or they won't let you run it through the FDA. It, there is lots of delays <laughs> being put in on that process. You are absolutely correct. That's, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um, well, well, let's go. Here's, here's the biggest problem. And you both know this one really well. And that is FDA in the past has a track record of improving toxic components, toxic additives that have gone into our products, our food products, things that go inside and onto our body. They have a history of a plethora of toxic additives. There are so so many uh, (laughs) ingredients for you know, keeping something, uh, you know, for a longer amount of time oh. or sh- like a shelf life. Yeah. And yeah. half of those things are banned in Europe, but they're okay they're from okay the here. FDA here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And so when I again, dig, our tax, our, t- our tax dollars yep. are going towards people who are trying to kill us. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, preservatives, I mean, they're everywhere. It's they're in every single thing, in, in a vitamin, in just, we need things to stay on the shelf longer. Why? I don't know. Why can't we go back to just plants? And I think we are trying to go there. I mean, people are becoming more aware of what they eat yeah. and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I don't know. FDA, it's, it's, it's terrible what they are allowing to go into yeah. the product. Well, how about you had this feeling? The feeling of FDA, the way we see them, is a lot like how we might see our parents when we're young. <laughs> we're like, oh, you guys are just the best. Thank you for protecting me. And then one day in your early teenage years, you find out that they're murderers and anyway. the worst people on the planet. And you go, oh. Yeah. <laughs> what right. happened? My, life, my world just, just collapsed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, when we dig into FDA and look at their past, it kind of feels like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they also are getting a lot of pressure. They're getting pressure from lobbyists, They're get, who, by the way, then add pressure to the moms, uh, you know, that the lobbyists are focused on, and the, those groups come back and retaliate against FDA. They are certainly getting financial pressure all over the place. Yeah. And this, this pandemic that we're in is probably not helping that situation at all. Uh, yeah, so... <laughs> It's reasonable why we're in this mess. Uh, but as Ryan stated, it is a chess game. Yeah. And it is being played out. Uh, I think the best we can do as business owners is shed some light on it and try to compress the time that this game takes to play to get to its end. Yeah, because how long has CBD been out? Five it's, years? it's been about five good years now. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's time. And much like Ryan was saying, yeah, it, they've been sitting back. Uh, uh, Big Pharma's been sitting back waiting for some things to happen, and now they're, they're ready. Seven yeah. of Canada's top ten cannabis patent holders are major multinational pharmaceutical companies, according to a research project by the Washington, D.C.-based New Frontier Data and London-based cannabis biotechnology firm. Mm-hmm. Lots of money. So much money. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. And when you, when you get to that level, by the way, uh, you, it's not one person making decisions. It's chair people. It's people that are in the <laughs> background that aren't seeing the consequences. They're like, hey, where's my profitability? Yeah. Last month it was, you know, I got $2 billion. What, what happened this month? 
Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I, I need to, I need to make sure this works so I can get my quarterly bonus. <laughs> right. right. You know, it's like if you, if you drew like a cartoon, right? It's like, it would be like a C-level executive stepping on people's heads as he's climbing up a ladder, you know, like yeah. using the, using the people as the rungs of the ladder, you know? Right. It, it's, it's <laughs> terrible. And you know, I, what I'm afraid of is that if FDA goes in, comes in and does all of their, whatever it is they're going to do with us in, 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 in the CBD industry, are you going to look at the back of your bottle and there's going to be ingredients in there that we, you don't even know what it right. is? Right. right now, you should have maybe four ingredients. That's it. And it's all natural. There's nothing yeah. else in there. There's no... 50 letter word on there that I can't read that's on the back of every other bottle that you pick up now. Well, but let's go ahead and have the other side of the conversation just to be fair about this. If you have a child and your child has cancer, think of the position you're going to be in. Known chemotherapy, terrible on your body, terrible, but has some data, CBD, no data. Right. Where do you go? And Big Pharma knows this. Yeah, and and I experienced that. My father died from cancer. You know, when I was a kid, I watched him go through chemo and radiation, and it. And he still died. Yeah, you know. um, Yeah. And at that time, in the in the early '90s, too, there was no. um, You you wouldn't even bring up the idea of what are some natural items like. No, you would. Hey, hey, Dad, you want to correct smoke a doobie here, or you know, let me get some cookies, or you know, any of those kind of things. I wasn't. It wasn't as mainstream as it is right now. You know, um, and you know, I think if I was put in that position, depending on the severity, I might, I might say, let's hold off on the. chemo and all of that Let, let's try the natural route first and right. then you know have that other alternative as a backup, as a backup yeah. rather than going the opposite way and and saying oh i'm going to do chemo and then do cbd or or, or something like that mm-hmm. I, I don't know cancer is one hell of a thing and uh, it'd be great to find a cure for that one it would be but it's relevant <laughs> today's conversation very uh, i i think to your point you know for the last i don't know you know 30 40 years which by the way chemo has been around since the 80s um for that for the last chunk of time, it has been the opposite. It's like cancer or, or the traditional pharmaceutical treatment is not working. Chemo is not working. It's not until the very end that you try other things. You're right, Ryan. It should have been flipped. Mm-hmm. Okay, some nice natural remedies first, and and back into pharma when you can't when the natural can't solve yeah, it. Yeah, because part of the problem too with all the chemo and 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 that kind of stuff in in, in cancer patients is. The side effects from chemo and from radiation cause you to then have to take pain medication, right? And so it was because of chemo, it was because of radiation that then my father had an opiate addiction because they gave him morphine for his pain. Mm -hmm. And so watching the degradation of of a human being from, you know, uh, a strong dude, you know, military guy, and just watching this kind of slow two-year period of time and him getting to the point too where like I would come home from school at 3.15 the bus drops you off at 3 and my dad would not understand what time it is and think I'm late or tell me I'm doing something that I'm not doing and that wasn't radiation that wasn't cancer that was the 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 morphine that he was on the side effect of all that and so he was never even given an opportunity to try something different it was just like this is what we do and 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 I'm I'm really good. I'm really glad that we're you know as a society opening our eyes yeah. to that fact and and being able to um, you know articulate 
how it helps, what's going on with those things and giving people a different option than the big pharma option, yeah. because we, it, we must have it. It's, it's, it's so debilitating to watch that. And let's articulate even more right now. Over half of us have experienced this. Half yeah. of us Americans have experienced this extremely intense emotional connection with this loss. And so, hey, big pharma and FDA, while you're playing these chess moves, keep that in mind. We're here trying we to survive. We are here fighting this <laughs> this battle, and you guys are making it into something And our, t- our tax dollars pay for that. Right. There's supposed that's, to be a servant that, does. You know, there's a, there's a whole you know, circle around that that just drives me nuts. It's, yeah. You know, like I said, hey, I'm going to take some money out of my paycheck, split it up around some agencies that I don't dis- that I don't necessarily agree with that could be doing things better, but they're not. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, you know, um, yes, we do need to have it's some light shed on this. It's a heated <laughs> topic. <laughs> it is heated. We're going to take a break because we're going to go outside and box for a minute. <laughs> no, listen, we, we, we do have uh, another, another great topic that's lined up with all this, and that is to talk about uh, marijuana and the, uh, the adult use initiatives that are on the table. Uh, so let's take a break, and when we come back, let's continue this conversation, but let's look at it from that perspective. All right, we'll be right back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Live authentically. Heal naturally with Canafil. We have three unique blends for pain relief, reducing stress, and promoting healthy sleep. Visit Canafil.com for the convenience of online shopping that includes free shipping. Or if you're in Arizona, stop by our store in Phoenix for personal consultation and product selection. Our friendly staff is here to help you. All of our products have full third-party testing and a seven-day satisfaction guarantee. Call 480-599-1003 or visit Canafil.com. Canafil, giving you your life back are you finding your frequency it can be described as that space between failure and success it's the future of digital media it's finding your voice it's engaging topics content and ideas jeff and ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects it's about making the mistakes taking the chances summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Want an insider's pass to everything that goes on in Hollywood? Join Summer Helene every week for Behind the Scenes. Summer Helene is known as the Duchess of Hollywood because she knows the insiders, legends, and celebs and brings the stories, the gossip, and the backstage scoop. It's the real Hollywood, though. So this program is for adults only. Behind the Scenes can be heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com
You are tuned in to the CBD Ed Show. If you have a question that you'd like addressed on a future episode of our program, please send an email to info at canafil.com. That's info at C-A-N-N-A-F-Y-L.com. Now back to the CBD Ed Show. <laughs> hey, welcome back, listeners. That was an exciting first half. Let's keep it up. <laughs> And feel free to continue this conversation on our Instagram. That is uh, Instagram at uh, Canafil. So uh, let's move into adult use, recreational or, me- or medical. Well, Arizona's got a ballot that we're following. Uh, Ryan's got uh, a great conversation. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure on this subject. Uh, but Proposition 207, still in requirement of uh, 207,000 or 230,000 signatures. Uh don't say any issues why they won't they got get it. those. Oh, they already got yeah, them. They got it. Thank yeah. you very yeah. much. Uh, but, you know, that's not the only <laughs> thing that's on there. There is also a, legi- a legislative reprimandum uh, that has also been submitted to uh, for also the exact same thing. It was submitted by the Arizona Chamber of Commerce, and it will be in play regardless of whether the ballot passes or not. The ballot passes. This legislative reprimandum will then add some more additional rules or get clarity. If the ballot does not pass, it'll stand in its place and Congress can still pass it. And, so, that, and that's referendum. Re- yeah, that's what I said, right? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that's okay. You were close enough. <laughs> so let's let's talk about the issues. And by the way, the the um, don't think that there wasn't a strategy and why it has taken this long to get recreational use marijuana and medical use marijuana on a ballot because the longer they take the more time the one piece that big farmers missing is data so the longer they take doing this the more data they can accumulate and that was the one piece they've been waiting on and so expect more delays mm-hmm. right it's it's yeah all right what would you like to bring to the table on this piece so first disclaimer Right. Um, I I have my medical marijuana card and have for, I don't know, ever since medical came out in Arizona. Okay. Right. Um, That medical card allowed me to stop taking opiates for my back. Yeah. Right. And I haven't taken opiates for well over, I don't know, 10 years or something like that now. And um, it was because of recreate or because of medical marijuana um, that I was able to even like admit that I smoked marijuana or consumed it, right? Because yeah. it was like the stigma, like, oh, you know, right. you're a pothead or something like that. It's like, no, I'm trying to self-treat. Yes. Um, and then I'm like hiding, you know, hiding it because in Arizona, um, if you don't have your medical marijuana card and you get caught with marijuana, it is a felony. Yeah. Like, And no tolerance. No. Yep. Right. You know, and, and so, you know, <laughs> God forbid you found a stick in a bag, you know, you get a felony for it or something like that. Right. Yeah. But, you know, and so I, I'm, I'm for, I'm for the, the medical they've, I think they've done a really good job here in Arizona at managing the medical cards and how those things are work. They just upped it to where you can get a card for two years instead of one year. So that was, you know, less uh, impacting financially for a lot of those people who do um, have larger ailments than me, people that have cancer or people that have multiple sclerosis or, um, um, you know, Crohn's disease are some of those other things that uh, cannabis helps helps with. And so I think that's great that they have access to that. But my problem is uh, 
the 207 one, right? They're going to say, okay, recreational is now is, is legal in, in some capacity if, if the voters vote for it and it goes through. And I, it didn't pass in 2006 when it was on the ballot. Um, so I don't know if it's going to pass again. And part of the challenge too, is like, I, I, I bang my head against the table because I read through some of these things and I'm like, some of this doesn't even make sense. You know, why, why that some of the pieces in the initiative are worded in the way that they are. And so that that's, what's challenging for me is I want recreational. I want people to have easier and better access to it. Um, but I also don't, uh, I want it to be logical. You know, uh, uh, I, I sometimes think did, did you guys even, uh, talk to any patients or people that are currently consuming marijuana before you wrote this thing. (laughs) Right. (laughs) No, they didn't, you know? (laughs) Um, and so this is one of my challenges, right? So it says in here, uh, adults 21 and older can possess one ounce of marijuana with no more than five grams of it being marijuana concentrate. So yeah. that means uh, if in an, ou- an ounce is 28 grams, right? And so if you take, uh, let's say you get some concentrate, so you take five grams off. So now you can only have 23 grams of marijuana and five grams of, of uh, that. I don't know anybody that I know that... Uh, that 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 could be a a very t- a two week supply for someone, right? Mm-hmm. Depending on their ailment, um, but it's okay to grow six marijuana plants at your house. Yeah, right. right. But everybody knows that <laughs> I can anybody. Even if you've never grown marijuana before in your life, you're going to get more than one ounce off right. of one plant of right. marijuana. So why would you say, hey, you guys can have six, but you can only have one ounce. So effectively growing the six plants and harvesting those, those is now illegal, uh, uh, illegal amount of, uh, of product that you can't even have. And so to, to put those, those pieces in there, it just doesn't make sense. I mean, they, they, they should be talking about one pound of marijuana, not one ounce of marijuana. Yeah. Right. Uh, right. Because that's where the big problem is for us in Arizona is you have Mexican cartels bringing pounds and pounds and pounds of <laughs> terrible product, right. right? To the marketplace. And, you know, if we can get, uh, medical and recreational in a proper way that's safe and not overstepping like government always likes to do, yeah. um, that will tell the cartels that they can't, they're, they're not, not going to be sending those products. There's no one here to buy it. Right. But what they're going to yeah. do though, and this is some of the things that kind of upsets me too, yeah. is yep. when you look at how it's written and who is allowed to have a storefront or to get a license to be able to do so, they're focusing on the existing medical marijuana dispensaries as outlets for those particular things rather than having them separated. And, um, there are conglomerates of companies that own these medical marijuana dispensaries. Some of them are national companies that have dispensaries in multiple states, right? Um, and tell me that drug cartels that have billions of dollars aren't invested somewhere in there. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And so that's where I, it's like, I would rather have, you know, Canafil as a product and, and Ed Cheney, somebody who I know and trust, I'd rather be able to go talk to you. Right. And be able to see how that stuff works and what are things. So being in the dispensaries is great because there are some knowledgeable people there. But, you know, those those entities, they say that they're 501c3 nonprofits and they're not supposed to make any money. But marijuana sales are so high. Right. Like if you go to the dispensary, sometimes they literally run out of product. Right. And so 
you, you, you got to think that there's so much cash and so much money running through that, that the way that a lot of this is written is not as beneficial to the people as it should be. And it caters a lot towards corporate entities. And then, of course, you talk about a 16% excise tax yeah. on the marijuana on top of regular, on top of, sa- on, on top of regular sales tax. Yeah. Whereas if you have your medical card and you go to a dispensary, um, and you purchase something, you're only paying sales tax for whatever city that that you're in, mm-hmm. right? And so you're going to end up with this recreational thing. And I think California screwed it all up the same way, mm-hmm. right? Um, that people want to go do recreational, the cost versus a medical card versus recreational will be, you know, uh, 30 to 40% higher when you go to do that. And, and it's just, it's insane. And like, so they're not- I, I don't understand how you can charge $350 or $400 for one ounce of marijuana. Like, come on. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's crazy. And so then then the cartel can come come on back in because we've got it a lot cheaper mm-hmm. over here. Uh, of course, it's on the street. They can open but- up their own. They have enough money to put in to open it to get a license to open like and legally be doing business. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, and then again, it says in here they're going to be testing the marijuana. Right. And I know there's some testing facilities, but who's going to police that? Who's going to make sure that those are actually being done properly? Right. You know, if you go to a restaurant, right, they have health checks and inspector comes there, gives them a grade, all of that. Where's where's the initiative? Where is the information on how that's going to be done? You don't even know (laughs) what I've dug up on that topic. I'm like, come on. How do you how? And so so there's a lack of consumer confidence for me in that particular area because I bet it's shared. Yeah. How do I how do I know that it's actually going to be safe? I don't really trust the state of Arizona to do a lot of stuff. Um, we've seen that with the pandemic that's going on right now. Like the, you know, some decisions could have been made better. Um, but it, but this, this, this thing is just written terribly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think this is probably why the Arizona Cannabis Chamber of Commerce stepped in with this, uh, this, uh, uh what was it called, uh, Kimberly? The legislative referendum. Thank you very much. Because, <laughs> uh, listen, here's, here's some of the things I've dug up. And let me tell you who is currently monitoring if this uh, medical marijuana and and, uh, and recreational use marijuana, it would be then the um, the Arizona Department of Health Services. Yeah, I know. We all kind of chuckled on that. <laughs> Listen, are they quite? Are they are they really outfitted to be able to do this? I've watched mismanagement where a, a, a government organization was tasked with something they really had no resources to be able to pull off. So I think one of the things was to get the uh, liquor board. Uh, in on that instead of the Arizona Department of Health Services. The other piece is uh, th- what they did not do regarding the testing, the cannabis testing mm-hmm. centers. They weren't checking on, on who owned them, who had, who had, right, who had ownership in those testing centers. So you could have a national firm or you could be the guy across the border who has some car- you know, cartel who has yeah. some money in these dispensaries. And then what was the smartest thing for you to do next? Go buy a business that does the testing. Go, go participate in the, yeah, yeah and as the, a principal. And, and, that, and that's where the corruption portion comes in. And, yeah. and that's where that happens. Because um, if you don't have proper policing of the testing of those products, and I, you know, let, let, it'd be like you owning your own testing facility for your CBD. Right. And you can just be like, yeah, we're good. Look, yeah, I, I, just, I just, I just, here's my document. Like, 
Oh, oh wait, we don't want that on there? Hang on. Oh, yeah, let's take that off. Oh, mold? Oh, that's just a little bit. We don't mind. No big deal. You guys will be fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's an obvious thing, but why Why couldn't they get that, Get past that? That legislative referendum re- 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 had to solve that one. Um, but it was just embarrassing, and, and apparently a lot of that is going on. And here's the other issue. If they don't do this correctly, all they're going to do is promote the black market, the taxation. You know, if you're throwing 23, 26% on top of the purchase, it's cheaper to go back to your dude. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Right, right. How about if all the rules, how about if you're only allowed to have so much, but your medical condition is 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 one that's an intense one and you need more. Even in the medical, even in medical marijuana, well, the way the law is written now, like a patient can, in one month of time, you can get two and a half ounces. Right. So... What's the difference? So you're saying, okay, medical people can have more than the people who do recreational. Yeah. Right. And then I don't understand. So what happens to the medical community? Do they no longer need their card? And no, they- I think and that's the question because I think it's more like California. Like you will be able to go to a dispensary and you will be able to buy a product as a recreational user without the dispensary. By being, um, and I think that the difference is just that additional 16%, right? Yeah. So if I'm a medical patient and I'm paying my $300 or $100 or $300 every two years or whatever it is for my card, I just, I don't have to pay that 16%. Okay. And you can have more product. And I can have more yeah. product, right. So you will want to keep your card even if it but goes my card, But my card tells me I'm not allowed to cultivate. Oh. So if I, does that mean that now that card holders, if they have a card that says you're not allowed to cultivate yeah, right. and then recreational passes, does that mean I still can't cultivate? Which like they're not addressing the intertwining of the components, what is currently existing and how that's going to interact with what their proposal is. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, I, I again, I think it's going to get cleaned up with this legislative document. Because once it, they get it, I mean, they and can there, make there, not to be all doom and gloom, there are some really good things about the the Prop 207, right? Um, one of them is that beginning on July 12th, 2021, if it gets passed, uh, people convicted previously of possessing less than one ounce of marijuana or six or fewer plants or paraphernalia can petition to have their records expunged. Great. That was something that was completely missing like out of the last bit of legislation, because if you're going to legalize marijuana, you better let everybody who's in prison for some silly marijuana related whatever or in in jail or uh, has a possession charge on their their record that has to go away yeah yeah because those so. those are felony right so if you go try to get a job and let's say you turn 19 or 20 years old you're in college and you're partying it up with your friends and oh dang it you got caught with a little bit of marijuana and now you have a felony on there you graduate from college and now you can't get a job because you're a felon because they ask you have been convicted of a felony in the last 10 years and what's the rest of that road look like right yeah. nothing does Americans want yeah so the now, now I now I have uh, you know eighty thousand yeah. dollars in student debt and I can't get a job over some plants. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. It's true. It's terrible. Is true. And if you're in there for the, if you're in prison for that reason, that is that is I have no I have no issues at all bringing that person back into society. But to the point uh, Ryan just said, that is hugely challenging on the on today's economy. Yeah. Absolutely, because that person goes from contributing to our economy to now drawing from it. Yeah. And- but that's why they need to figure out because I mean. The illegalization of marijuana is a big business. People, all everybody is making a lot Very of money on. Yeah. There was a checkpoint when California went legal and Arizona wasn't. 
there you are at the border and these Californians are coming in with their marijuana because they're like, what's the problem? Yeah. <laughs> and boom, I mean, Yuma, I think it has a whole brand new downtown and a whole everything because, because they well, made a lot yeah. of money that off makes those fines, all those fines. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a big business everywhere around. Anybody know what that fine is for possession? Uh, uh, I don't know any it, longer. It doesn't tell you if you if, if you yeah. exceeded. It does. It says it's a it's a minor offense. Yeah. Oh, here it is. Um, a hundred dollar fine and four hours of drug counseling for a first offense, and a second offense uh, would be another hundred dollar fine and eight yeah. hours of drug counseling. Why do you need drug counseling for marijuana? <laughs> Yeah, because I think they like still need it's to a make- money. It's a money grab, <laughs> right? It's you're going to give the $100 yeah. and then, oh, who teaches the class? The yeah. state of Arizona does. Okay. So then you're just like, okay, you need to pay that. It's the same thing with like when you get a DUI, I get that. Yeah. You know, and, there, and that's another thing. How do you address that? Yeah. Right. If I get pulled over in my car and marijuana is legal and I smoked two days ago, I still have THC metabolites in my body. And if they test me, for that, I could get a DUI and, okay. not, and not have even smoked. Do they test for that any longer? Yeah, well, uh, well, so so they have, let's say, two-part answer to this. They have lots of companies, lots of entrepreneurs that have already rushed to that solution to make a device that's capable of telling whether you were intoxicated with Active. THC as opposed to just having it in your system. I cannot tell you when that is going to get adopted or accepted. But I also know that when I read some of this stuff about uh, the legalization of marijuana, that's a hot topic. Is the only thing that's showing up apparently is once marijuana was recreational, recreationally become available, or even medically, the one thing that went up is a lot more uh, stops where uh, they were suspected of being under the influence of marijuana. Right. So a lot more, uh, there's data showing that there was a significant in, in, increase in, in, in that increase. area. But I'm yeah, not, I think Colorado, no Colorado showed us that data first because they were one of the first states to legalize. Okay. And that was a big problem that they had right. in, in Colorado when they did the recreational is they had like, I don't know, like a 40 or 50% spike in DUIs <laughs> that were all marijuana related. I know, but well, with the current testing, is that inaccurate? Is well, that an accurate assessment? They sh- they should just move away from urine testing because that's where it is inactive. And when it's, it's in your urine, yeah. you it is no longer yeah. active in your brain. Okay. So take a blood sample. That's probably where it's going to show up as an active ingredient it'll still, in your e- blood screen. E- even if you didn't smoke for two weeks, it'll still be in your blood test. Yeah. It will? Mm-hmm. Oh, Huh. Yeah, it, it latches onto fat cells. So the half life of it just, it, 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 it's exponential. I'll give you an example. So um, I was in the Navy and um, I, uh, I did, I, I used marijuana before I went in the Navy. It took me two and a half months before I finally had a clean urine test before I could go down and say, okay, I'm ready to go and <laughs> serve my country. You know, <laughs> okay. well, so yeah. So how somehow and so he- heavy smokers or heavy marijuana users, um, you know that stuff can stay in your system longer than that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, um, so they definitely have to solve that piece. Uh, but I thought I'd share another statistic that I thought was very interesting, and as all the communities that are opposed uh, to this becoming recreational did take a look at other data, and the one thing that looked very positive was there was no increase in u- the youth of marijuana with use. Yeah. Okay, so no increase at all. Uh, I think uh, that dispelled a lot of the groups who were challenging that this would be mm-hmm. then now kids would get it and it would be a gateway to heroin and, you know, back to that old school thinking. 
Yeah. Uh, well, so they, then they have some initiatives in here for um, like the products could not uh, be sold that in, uh, in, in uh, imitate brand marketed to children or look like uh, any any of the, anything like fruits and stuff, which is weird yeah. because if you go to the dispensary right now, you can go get Sour Patch Kids that are look like the candy and they're, I know. they're filled with THC. Well, yeah. and and let's share. So does that mean that the the you know like the, you can't do that in the on the medical side now? Right. <laughs> Got it. Right. All right. So, but last, this is just a suggestion from us to you, America. Uh, the one number that did rise was the incidence of our children getting access to edibles, gummies, yeah. brownies, or laying around. So that that was one number that was uh, presented as uh, uh, an increase in hospital visits by uh, by children. Uh, so Americans, you can certainly contribute to that one. Now, listen, that is our show for today. We are going to wrap. Uh, so that we can get out of here timely. I want to thank everybody for listening. And again, continue this conversation on our Instagram or our Facebook. We will be happy to respond. Thank you, Ryan. You con- you contributed to this show wonderfully. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. I'm always, always impressed by uh, how well you do that. Kim, welcome back. And I do appreciate you, you here. Yeah, and you guys stay stay on this channel because Finding Your Frequency is coming up next. We're going to talk about how to be more creative. More ah, creative. Yeah. Right. Excellent. Excellent. So, everybody have a good week. Uh, look forward to talking to you next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to the CBD Ed Show. Please join your host, Edward Cheney, for another edition next Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. We can also be heard each week on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Until we talk again, enjoy the upcoming weekend, and we'll be here soon.